Paul, Bruce, and Nick, it just was an easy choice, you know. Um, they made me feel welcome. The entire WWE um, universe made me feel welcome. I want to create a legacy. You know, I want to have my name in lights. I want to be a household name. And the choice was inevitable. So was this kind of something that was in your back pocket for a little bit? Or, when you know, when your contract was up, you started to look around and see what was available? Or, you know, was this the plan the whole time kind of thing? No, not in general. Um, this was something that, you know, I've been going back and forth with my head in like the past couple of months, you know, if this is really what I want to do and taking this leap because you never know, you know, in wrestling, things can go left, it can go right and go up and, and down. And, you know, I just took the time to the time I was home, I took the time to really register and determine what I wanted to do in this industry. And taking the leap was the best thing I could do. Well, I know you know the internet is absolutely exploding. This is a move that everybody is talking about. I mean, your run in AEW was absolutely incredible. Your unbeaten streak lasted so long. I mean, you coming to WWE is a dream situation for, for so many fans. You know, fans love to play those fantasy matchups. And with how you perform, the power that you have i mean now there's just so many dream matches that are actually attainable that are on the table now we're talking about nia Jax, bianca belair charlotte rhea ripley all four powerful women that you're going to be squaring off with here soon how do you feel about these ladies is there one in particular that uh, you just can't wait to get in the ring with i mean again this is going to be awesome um you know what I'm excited to work with these ladies. They're phenomenal. You know, they've been uh, working their butt off in the system for years. Um, give them their flowers. I mean, these are the best women in wrestling in the world. Um, so for me to even share a, the ring with them is phenomenal in general. I want them all. I want them all. You can bring on the Rhea Ripley's as well. You know, every single one of them, you know, those matches are going to put butts in seats. They're going to sell tickets. I mean, me working with Bianca Belair is going to be a main event match on WrestleMania. I think everybody can say that. Um, I'm just excited to be here and I'm excited to work with such stellar women. That's going to be incredible. WrestleMania, of course, like unlike any, anything out there, I know from my personal experiences with it. I mean, that's something you just cherish for a lifetime. And now I can't wait to see who your first WrestleMania is going to be with. Um, and man, the timing is just perfect considering, considering it's almost time to uh, start the road to WrestleMania. So, uh, look, I want to ask too. We, we know how your career has gone as a professional wrestler so far. We know how that's been defined. What is your mission? What is your end goal? What do you want to be remembered for for this, uh, this run that is now officially starting? Bet on yourself. Create a legacy for yourself. You know, uh, a lot of people will probably be afraid to make the jump. I made the, the jump because I wanted to create something for myself, a legacy, a household name. You know, I want my daughter to look at me and just not her father, but look at me and say, you know what? My mom did this and I can do this. You know, I want her to know that she can do any and everything that she wants to do as long as she puts her mind to it and she works for it. And I want to show these little boys and girls out here that, you know, don't let anyone define you. Go out there and create something for yourself. And if you want it, you can obtain it. You know, just work and you got it. That is the sound of more bullets metaphorically hitting AEW and Tony Khan's almost dead body as this company suffer another 
embarrassing blow as their homegrown star, Jade Cargill, different to Cody, different situation. That was embarrassing enough because that was an EVP. But um, their homegrown star, Jade Cargill, decides that she wants to go to the WWE, has made very poignant comments there about how it's the place to be for legacy and that's where you need to grow. In other interviews, she's turned around and said it was always her plan. It was always her dream. That's the place to be. Just very, very damaging, but also very, very true. You only need to look at the reach. You only need to look at the recent TV deal. You only need to look at the worth of the deal they just done with TKO. And this deal makes complete sense. So we're going to talk more about it in a second. Off the bat, let me tell you guys where you can follow us on X. It's at Dirty Sheets X. And I'm at X. I'm not running the Dirty Sheets account, but I do see messages that are addressed to me. If you want to ask any questions, ask them. And uh, we will be addressing them on this show as and when or on the Dirty Sheets show that I do with guest hosts at the moment. And that's what I'm going to talk about here at the top of the show because... We did wrestling lists. Everybody was waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it. And the first episode is free on YouTube right now. Just go to the Dirty Sheets channel and you'll be able to watch the very first episode of Wrestling Lists for free. And we break down the top 10 storylines of all time in wrestling history for free. It's a 90 minute show for free. And all you need to do is go to YouTube. And by doing that, you also help the podcast and help your participation with the podcast. Because we are trying to get those hourly views. When me and Nick were running YouTube, we were absolutely smashing it. We were aligned with Sports Kita. We're making a ton of money on Sports Kita. We're making a ton of money on YouTube because we were monetized very, very quickly. If you leave your YouTube dormant for a number of years, which we did... Contrary to what pricks on K100 say when they when they mock our outreach, even though we beat them as a podcast every single week, um, YouTube will go dead. YouTube will go flat. Your subscribers will stop getting updates. So if you are a subscriber, maybe unsubscribe and resubscribe or just pay a little bit better attention to it because there will be YouTube content on there now. And the goal is to make the dirty sheets not only a podcast, I'm talking about the free Friday edition, the regular show that you've had all the time, um, not only to make it a free podcast, but to simulcast it on YouTube to allow you guys to ask questions. But we don't have the capacity to do that until we have the minimum number of viewing hours, which is 4,000 hours. So every video that you watch, or even if you don't watch, you can just leave it running, um, helps us get to that point where we make that Friday show, the Dirty Sheets show, better by the time Cav returns to it. So just to once again run through the structure of things, the Dirty Sheets show, which comes out, which is recorded on Friday and comes out on Saturday, is always going to be free. The only reason there wasn't a show this week is because me and Brad did over an hour and a half the week before. So that was going to be enough. And now you're also getting this bonus show as well that I'm doing here. In addition to that, this Friday, uh, we, we will be recording the show again and it will be released on Saturday as normal. And the guest host is Brad Shepard once again. This is down to positive response. This is down to download numbers. And this is down to the subject matters because this week, 
there was a huge revelation exposing Joe Feeney and K100 and what Joe Feeney was trying to do, proving me right the entire time about the audience, about the email, about the emails, about how Joe and both uh, Joe and that idiot Husey, that Irish twat, um, controlled the narrative from the start regarding me. Because most people were more than happy to see me there, were more than happy to hear the content. And I've all come over here because since I left there, our numbers have nearly doubled with people missing their wrestling informer. So we're going to lift the lid on that. And the person who exposed Joe was actually Conrad fucking Thompson, who Joe still works with. So we're going to cover that fucking embarrassment of a story. Me and Brad are going to break it down. We're also going to cover more about how embarrassing AW is as a company and how they went after AW Botches, which led to people going after AW Botches' family. We also talk about how they went after Brad's family, and we also talk about how these fucking losers who said that I didn't own a bar and I was lying about the AEW attendance, even though I was proven right the entire time, showed up to my bar, not to confront me like men, because if they have such a problem with me, they would confront me by men, but to instead sit there like fucking pussies in my bar and take videos and pictures of me and post them on the internet while I was socialising with my friends, because they don't have friends, but I was there with my friends and attended this show for £27, for tickets that were £250 at one point, £281 with a booking fee. I got them £27 all in, pun intended, as did all of my friends who some of them stupidly bought expensive seats before and then decided to sit in my section for £27 because AEW is fucking embarrassing. So we cover all of that and uh, that is going to be on this week's edition of The Dirty Sheets. It will be available on Saturday. So for you guys that didn't actually get your Dirty Sheets this Friday, this is it right now. This is a bonus show. And I'm doing this show because... um, I want you guys to hear a small sample of what the Raw review sounds like. Uh, I want to talk about the Jade Cargill signing for free. And um, and yeah, I figured that this was an opportunity to put out a free show in the middle of the week um, because there might not be an understanding there that me and Brad went very, very long last week. And, um, and that was supposed to be cut up into two parts, but it wasn't. So instead, you're getting an explanation for it here and you're getting a bonus show. So this is your Dirty Sheets that was supposed to come out last Saturday. So I decided that because it was not explained very well in terms of um, me and Brad going long on that show and it essentially being a two-parter and the two-parter part of it wasn't done, um, I'm doing this show anyway here out of the goodness of my heart and also reviewing Raw for you for free. But to just to run through how how this format is supposed to work because... This is the wrestling audience and Cab still gets the fucking dumbest questions imaginable about the paywall service. So let me run through it again. You are not losing anything compared to what you had before. The Dirty Sheets, the Friday recorded show that goes out on Saturday will forever be free as long as we continue to do this, which may stop after WrestleMania 40. There, that is, the, that is the, talk that, the talks that we're having at the moment because um, we do need support behind that paywall. We're not going to continue just to do this for free. Um, the bottom line is if SAP and JD can get paid um, decent money for horrendous, boring content, 
then we should be getting paid too for everything that we've done for the last eight years. I understand we do get paid on our patrons. And this isn't me needing money because I already have a ton of subscribers for gambling content. So this is just simply a matter of respect. And we are going to keep the, the free show free. It will continue to come out on Saturdays. Cav will be replaced for the remaining weeks until the NFL regular season is over. Uh, but he will be popping on to review pay-per-views. So Cav will be back to review the fast lane pay-per-view. He will be back to review the Saudi pay-per-view. And he will be back to review the Survivor Series pay-per-view. So he will be popping on to do those shows. On every other week, there will be a guest host with Brad Shepard returning for this Friday, which will be out this Saturday. Um, he also did the previous show as well. And this is your bonus show that you did not get on Saturday, a solo show, because there was no explanation as to why um, the Brad show was not made into two episodes like it was supposed to. So that's where we're at. As for the bonus content, what you get behind the Patreon and behind the Apple Pay. So it's very, very simple. If you're an Apple podcast and you want to get these bonus shows, the one that says subscriber only on them, all you need to do is right click and then you're away. What you get for that is the raw review that I'm going to do for free at the end of the show. You get a SmackDown review. Um, you get news bits and rumors. So all of the news shows that I'm putting out on that feed, a ton of news, all correct. And also you get a bonus show every week from me and Cab. So when Cab's back, he'll be appearing on the podcast three times a week. So he's going to be doing his own show that he does, the Cab show, which you're already getting as part of that subscriber service. You'll be getting the Dirty Sheets for free, which will hopefully be simulcasted on YouTube because we'll have enough viewing hours. So make sure you go over and watch Wrestling Lists. And you'll have that weekly bonus show with me and Cav, which is going to be either Wrestling Lists or Superstar Profile or one of two Wrestling Informers per month. So the order is going to go Wrestling Lists, Wrestling Informer, uh, Superstar Profile, Wrestling Lists. They are going to be shows that come out every single week behind that paywall. We gave wrestling lists away for free on YouTube because we wanted you to sample what we're going to do. Those shows will not be free for the future. So it's a one-off. So make sure you go and watch it, see what it is, and then go behind the subscriber paywall. If you don't have Apple Podcasts, at the moment, we were saying to subscribe via the Podbean Patreon. Now, we are looking to get rid of that. It is just proving too complicated for people to find. So those of you that are already on there, stay tuned for further information as to what's going to happen because it's going to be a separate Patreon, a normal Patreon as to where you're going to be able to get that content. It's just going to be the Dirty Sheets podcast. It's going to be a normal Patreon and that's where you're going to need to go to get that content. So cancel that if you are currently on Podbean and make the switch over now. And all you need to do is go to the dirtysheets.com uh, or, or I think, let me see if I'm still, I don't know if I'm still paying for dirtysheets.net because nobody ever used it. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to steal that website, go ahead, man, because like nobody ever used um, dirtysheets.net to access our content. It's always been the dirtysheets.com. So yeah, the dirtysheets.com still goes to the Patreon. And I believe as I'm checking it live now, probably should have done this before I came on the show, but did not. The dirtysheets.net, or not the dirtysheets.net, just dirtysheets.net. Oh, it does work. 
it does work. I am that must have I must have set that up for auto renew. So yeah, go to dirtysheets.net or go to thedirtysheets.com and that is the existing Patreon account. And moving forward, I will be putting stuff up behind that paywall. So all you need to do to get all podcasts is go to the $10 tier and you'll be able to get those bonus shows. So that's the way you can get it. That's the simplistic way that you can get it um, instead of like going through this uh, Podbean Patreon and everything that people are struggling with. So far, there are only five guys who have managed to work that out. Um, A load more other guys have managed to work out the Apple Podcast version, which I'm happy about. Um, There's a seven-day free trial on there as well. So if you want to go for the seven-day free trial um, you can you can sample all of the shows for seven days anyway, so there really wasn't any need for us to release Wrestling List for free on YouTube, other than to get our YouTube numbers up, and there was no need for me to do the raw review here, but that's what we've done, and ultimately, um, there is a seven-day free trial on Apple Podcasts. All you need to do is push the right-click button. It couldn't be any easier, you would think, but the questions we get from, Ka- that from Cab's End prove that wrestling fans are a very different and quite retarded breed of people, unfortunately. So let's move on with this Jade Cargill signing. I said a lot about it at the top of the show, and I have more to say. Um, Not really from the AEW part. Look, we know they're a fucking joke. Um, We know the television is unbearable. We know they lie about signings. We know the cokehead owner is still going to continue to run it. We know that Eddie Kingston came on this week and spoke about what a great boss he is because he lets wrestlers give their ideas. And even if they're shit, he will sit there and waste his fucking time trying to make it work as best as he possibly can whilst trying to run Fulham Football Club, a Premier League team, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, a NFL franchise who was supposed to go to the playoffs this season, but started one and two after losing to the Houston Texans. I'll forgive Kansas City Chiefs, but I will not forgive the Houston Texans. They now come to London for a two-game stretch because they cannot sell tickets to their own stadium, yet um, Tony Khan will probably tell us that 8,000 people go to Jags games as well. When the photos behind the end zone that Calf posted on 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 our um, on our X account will tell you very different. So AEW's a joke. There's no point in talking any further about why Jay Cargill would leave AEW because it's a fucking shit show. And anybody with any ambition, once the opportunity comes to leave that company, will probably leave. And um, I even know for a fact that people are there have tried to leave, but um, John Moxley didn't get his money matched. Um, there wasn't um, a commitment to bring in CM Punk, although there was a discussion. And uh, Chris Jericho also didn't get his money matched um, and only was offered a Hall of Fame induction because Chris Jericho is not in Hall of Fame. So WWE were not interested in having him as an active, active member of the roster and therefore he stayed with AEW. So guys are trying to come back. It's not a case of John Moxley and, and Chris Jericho are completely dedicated to AEW and they believe in the project. Everybody knows it's a fucking shit show. And um, it's just a case of some guys would rather just stay in jail and have the run of the place as opposed to come over to WWE and make considerably less money. So that that's my take on, on AEW and, and Jade Cargill as far as that goes. As far as WWE goes, I think when you listen to that interview... Um, there are some very clear indicators and also a couple of concerning things. Um, 
First thing is, I don't think she's going to be going to NXT. When the interview is talking about WrestleMania and being on the road to WrestleMania and she's talking about those opponents, I think to dump her off in NXT would be a big surprise and possibly the wrong thing to do. Definitely needs to go to the Performance Center and clean up on shit and work on her, on her wrestling. But I think as far as look and promo, she's ready. I don't think you need to necessarily stick her with a manager. Um, but I think Jade Cargill is ready to get to the main roster <coughs> and I think if you have a work with the right people they'll be able to carry her through those matches but this is a signing that tells me that matches may become a lot less important moving forward and they should be because I think we should be coming out of the era now where everybody just goes out there <coughs> sorry and has a good 20 minute match because that, that that's not important to me it's not important to the casual fan and Jade Ch- Jade Cargill is a channel stopper and a dream acquisition if you want to engage the casual audience. Now, a while ago, I wish I could pull up the audio uh, because um, and remember the show because Cav had a question on one of the shows and he was asking, uh, I don't know if it came from a listener, but he was asking, who would you want... <coughs> what the hell is going on? It's too much weed. <coughs> Uh, who do you want to go across from AEW to WWE? And who would be better off going from WWE to AEW? And I said the number one person that I would want to go over from AEW to WWE and the number one WWE type person was not MJF. And it was, in fact, Jade Cargill with Wardlow being my number two choice. They were my top two and they remain my top two. And one of them has now moved across to the company because she's perfect for the WWE. Now, she's running through her list of opponents there and uh, she said all the right names, etc. Rhea Ripley, yes. Bianca Belair, yes. And then she premised that um, Bianca Belair and herself was a WrestleMania main event. Now, Sasha and Bianca was a WrestleMania main event, and it was a woke main event. It was put there because it was the opportunity to give women their automatic place that they were suddenly entitled to as one of the main events on WrestleMania, which I don't agree with. And in this particular instance, it was two black women as well. So is Jade Cargill insinuating that if two black women can be major stars in a company and they have a program together, not only is that a WrestleMania match, but that is a WrestleMania main event. Given that they tick the woke boxes of diversity and being a female. So I don't agree with that bullshit at all. Uh, Jay Cargill and Bianca Belair is a top-notch program. And if built correctly, if it has the right heat, then that could be a WrestleMania main event on night one for the title. But when you're looking at this upcoming WrestleMania and you're looking at the possibility of The Rock and Roman Reigns being on night two, then you better have something better than that for night one. You better have a strong fucking match on night one. I imagine it would be something with Seth Rollins and Seth Rollins and Gunther ain't it. So Gunther challenging Seth Rollins ain't it. That isn't going to be the counter match to having The Rock and Roman on the other night. I mean, you could stack it. Uh, you could have Gunther Rollins, Cargill and Belair. But ultimately, 
I don't think that anything matches up to what you have on the other night. So it's a very difficult WrestleMania to do. It's a very difficult night one to do. I think you break the emergency glass, pun intended, again, and uh, you you get Steve Austin out of retirement to try to even out those two cards because Steve Austin versus anybody, along with Jade and Bianca, if that's the match, I don't think it is. I think it's Bianca and Charlotte. I think Jade's going to have to wait her time um, and she'll probably do something else. Maybe she'll debut at WrestleMania. Maybe, she, maybe, maybe she'll debut there or maybe the contract's too fat and you can't have her sitting on her sexy ass for six months doing nothing. So I don't know. By the way, I do find this woman very attractive. Uh, not usually my type, but but Jade Cargill is hot. Don't can't put my finger on why, but I've said that before on 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 other shows. So um, yeah, looking forward to this happening. Um, obviously, you've had the um, the routine AW meltdown by the AW simp's who solely support AW, and uh, there's a lot of AW talk over on the show that we do with Brad and we talk about the doxing culture and, and everything else and and Tony Khan and Audrey, Aubrey, whatever her fucking name is, the the big nose horse face looking bitch, um, going after um AW the AW botches account and the consequences of that. So yeah, I think that's uh, enough for Jade. Uh, I'd like to discuss it further when we get together with Cav, which is gonna be next week when we preview Fastlane. But uh Fastlane? Yes, that's correct. Sorry, Fastlane. Um, but in the meantime, if you want to see me and Cav together, head over to YouTube and make sure you check out Wrestling Lists. At this point, I'm going to give you guys the Raw review for this week's Raw for free. And if you're not on the subscriber side of things, this is what it would sound like. So that's an extract from the end of Raw. We do play extracts throughout the show and then we talk about that particular thing that we just played an extract from. That's the format of the Raw review 
we um, we listen to the highlights and then we discuss them. That's the format I've decided to take doing this solo show every week. And um, that was the main event of the show. Now, me and Brad talk a little bit about this, actually, on the... Um, we're going to talk a little bit about this on the um, Dirty Sheets because he and myself and people like Vince Russo, Vince, Vincent Russo um, don't like these um, wrestling-heavy shows with where matches are just thrown out for no reason. But when a match is phenomenal, I will call it out and say, uh, and this is what this was. Um, I was watching this, doing my usual thing, where I knew the Judgment Day were not losing the belts at this point and was waiting to see what the finish would be um, so that we could take it down for the show. And then through the wrestling portions, as they were just doing their wrestling stuff and going to ad break number one and whatnot, um, I was doing stuff on my phone, researching for sports betting, etc. Um, looking at the lines for the NFL this week is specifically what I was doing. And then suddenly just lifted my head and got very, very engaged in this matchup. And obviously, um, I thought I was watching a finishing sequence, but that's the beauty of it because the finishing sequence reeled me in because the near falls worked and none of that was actually the finishing sequence. We were actually about um, five minutes away from the end of the actual match before it concluded. And once again, this match combination pulled out what I believe was one of the top five matches of the year. And that goes along with the payback match and this match, two top five matches. And to be the number one match at payback, that really is saying something because payback was a good show. Um, Becky and Trish on a normal night would have got the nod, but the tag match where Judgment Day won the belts was head and shoulders above that match, in my opinion. So to do that, on that night was um, a very, very big accomplishment. And then to now have the best match on Raw this year, I believe, um, again, another good accomplishment. So whilst I am down on the on the, on the too much, on, on the over-wrestling, shall we say, too much wrestling, um, the over-emphasis on wrestling, meaningless wrestling, shall we say, um, I do think this was a very good match. And I do think Dominic's match was decent as well. I think that's obviously his best performance. You'd expect that with Dragon Lee. Uh, if Dragon Lee's coming over to Raw, why does he lose clean to Dominic and, the, and he's the only guy to do so? A little bit strange if you're trying to make this guy the next Rey Mysterio, which I believe they, they might be trying to. There will never be another Rey Mysterio, but if there's anybody who's going to be pushed quite strongly as a Mexican mask superstar over the next five years, it should be Dragon Lee, from what I've been told, uh, as WWE have now given up on, on trying to sign Rey Phoenix, who was an AEW star that they were high on. So it seems like they found their guy in Dragon Lee, and he loses clean to Dominic Mysterio. Now, I understand Dominic's an important project and he gets a great response. And the, the heel response he got on this show was was incredible. But um, his thing is that he is a coward who can't do anything him, himself and has relied on his dad to um, buy a life for him. And, and his dad got him this opportunity too. And now he's here. He's not very good. And he relies on Rhea Ripley and the rest of Judgment Day. So it kind of goes against character what they're doing here. But I guess if you're going to be a genuine superstar, sometimes you need to break away from the character. We saw that with Tiffany Stratton on NXT moving away from the spoiled daddy's girl to being this girl who could actually go in the ring. It's a transition. And it's a transition that ironically 
Um, the guy who's in charge right now under, underwent for his own career as well because Triple H, who won the title, was not Triple H who came in as the blue blood from Greenwich. So, And he did that without ever having to be repackaged or anything. He transitioned into that slowly on television. So he's not doing the whole repackaged thing. And we've seen it with Tiffany Stratton. No one's really batting an eyelid and saying, hey, hold on a minute, weren't you the mean girl, daddy's girl? No, they didn't have a daddy for her, she said. Uh, so she decided to do this. Um, and it was really just a foot in the door, as was Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And as perhaps will Dominic Mysterio be with um, the version of him that came into the company, uh, transitioning into the version that turned heel, now transitioning into this guy who can maybe win a match by himself and may actually be a good in-ring performer. So we'll see what happens with that. So two good matches on the show, but this was definitely the best. And as much as I give the wrestling side of things a hard time and say it is too wrestling heavy, and it is, and it'll be interesting to see if that's tolerated moving forward by TKO and or if they if they expect more if they want more in terms of um as in terms of an entertainment aspect but this was a good match and i will give it its props here for what it delivered at the end of the show Drew McIntyre stuff makes me so happy. Um, and I want to save my thoughts a little bit because I want to have a discussion about it with Cav so we can have a two-way discussion about it and see what he thinks and see if he's on the same page as me. But for me, my initial take is I'm very, very happy with how this, how this is being done. Now, obviously, I root for Drew McIntyre. He's different to other wrestlers in his company for me. For me, it's more like a sports team. Um, I want the Green Bay Packers to win in the NFL. I desperately want Manchester United to win every single game they play. And when I watch wrestling, I'm not just looking to be entertained by by uh, by Drew McIntyre. I want him to win. I want him to be successful as somebody that I know. And not just because of that. Even if I knew Drew for a, a short period, a short window, and not for a long time, um, he in, even in that short window, he would have been one of the nicest people I know. And the same goes for Rey Mysterio. I, I'm not speaking to Conan anymore. 
And subsequently, as a result of that, you your relationship with, with Rey Mysterio is lost as well. As far as I know, I've never tried to speak to him since. But um, he did an incredible thing for me at WrestleMania 39. But Drew McIntyre has been doing stuff like that throughout. And it's not just in terms of that, in terms of having time for people, the way he is as a communicator, um, the way he's interacted with my child, uh, which is normally the thing that I judge people by the most. Um, This is a genuinely nice person. Nobody, nobody doesn't like Drew McIntyre and says a bad thing about him. And I talk to people elsewhere in the wrestling industry as well, which is how I'm able to get news and bits, um, other wrestlers, other people on production, creative team, everybody, everybody is pulling for Drew. And when everyone's pulling for you, that says something about you as a person. And I don't need to know him to have that take and to pull for somebody who's genuinely good when there are so many pricks in wrestling and just around in general, Um, especially in these modern day times where we are being lied to by the establishment about a lot of things and they're actually framing people, literally ruining lives of people that don't agree with their viewpoints when you look at the situations with uh, Russell Russell Brand and Andrew Tate. Um, so it's become even more of a dog-eat-dog world where you need to watch your back and, and a lot of people hate a lot of people and um, you really tr- start to see who the genuine people are. And this is a genuine person who I want to see doing well. And as I said, I pull for him like it's a sports team. And um, to see this being done like this, because it's so important to do this right, because he has potentially the greatest heel turn ever, because the great heel turns in this business are based off the back of reality. Every heel who has a cause to be a heel believes in his mind, and often a deluded mind, which is why we boo against them, that they are right. This guy is fucking right. This guy is right about how the company didn't pay him back for what he did, about how he kept the lights on, about how he was fucked out of his moment. And that should be the backbone of the heel turn. And I was scared that this heel turn would be, oh my God, he's Seth Rollins' tag team partner. Oh my God, he Claymore kicked Seth Rollins. Oh my God, he held up the title. Oh my God, next week, oh, it's time to get serious. It's time I get the belt back. That would have been terrible. That would have been the exact wrong way to do it. To turn on somebody out of the blue because you want the belt um, was what I was most worried about. But the slow turn and the mention of COVID and going against the new day and slowly turning your back while still keeping the shut up Miz part there and and still not being on board with Miz and headbutting the Miz on the same show whilst not helping Kofi Kingston. The slow transition from outright babyface to tweener to what's going to be a savage heel, in my opinion. It's so well done. Usually when I watch McIntyre on TV, I'm always um, pulling for him, which is why I'm always trying to critique and make notes about what can what could have been done better? How would I have done this? How would I have done that? Did Drew look good? Did Drew look bad? I'm not writing anything down right now. Everything is being done so well. I'm so happy with the slow burn and what they're doing and with everything that's happened so far. Um, I believe at some point there was probably supposed to be a match with Matt Riddle. And I think that would have been a more clear-cut turn where frustrations probably would have um, would have grew with Riddle, which would have turned to a turn on Riddle, which probably would have turned to a win over Riddle. This is better. 
So Matt Riddle, who I also know and like, uh, but has has been an idiot, and I will tell Matt that to to his face. Uh, he has not helped himself at all um, with the porn star girlfriend, with the with the with the drugs issues, with the uh, with the posts on social media, with the whole thing at New York Airport. Matt Riddle did not help himself, and I hope that the terms of Matt Riddle's release were go away, sort yourself out. If there's no trouble in six months, you come back. And I don't want to see him in AEW. And I certainly don't want to see him going into the porn industry, um, which is a possibility. If you know Matt, and I'm not going to divulge personal information on the show, um, but if you know things about Matt, you know that he's very much a fan of that industry. Um, and that is a possibility. Only fans and porn and whatnot could happen. I hope it doesn't um, because he's too good. There's too much upside with Matt Riddle in terms of the look in terms of the in-ring ability, in terms of being able to cut a promo, if away from this stoner character, um, because he's not cool like RVD. He's a bit of a goof, and he shouldn't be, because he's a legit tough guy who can kick the fuck out of you. And that is another benefit, because you can't point at the screen and say that Matt Riddle isn't genuinely tough, because Matt Riddle is genuinely tough. And aside from maybe Brock Lesnar, um, I think Matt Riddle could probably beat every, anybody in a genuine fight in this company, and that's a plus point. And there are a lot of plus points, and I hope he comes back to the WWE because that's where he should be. He's a marketable person. He's a guy that women would like to to date. He's attractive to women, um, and he can go in the ring. 100% can go in the ring. In my opinion, one of the top 10 performers in the company or in the wrestling industry right now. So it's a shame that that happened, but I think Drew has benefited from that. And this is absolutely excellent from the promos to the acting to what they're doing to the slow, slow burn. Keep it coming 100% on board of it. 0% criticism at this point. And um, I'm loving this term with Drew McIntyre. But I could be there could be some level of bias so let's hold back on this one and let's see what Cav has to say we'll have a back and forth about Drew McIntyre on on uh, on next week's show Big D Drew McIntyre man we didn't know you were cold-blooded like that Drew because the Drew McIntyre that we know is not a coward like you showed us last week I mean, for real, for the past few years, we've been calling you Big D. But as of last week, it looks like there's been a little bit of shrinkage on your end. I mean, I mean, what's wrong, Drew? What's wrong? You scared? Or were you just worried that that big old sword you got was just a little too limp to get the job done? You want to call me a coward? After everything Jay has done to you guys, you haven't stepped to him one time. Because Drew, Drew, we are watching you all the time. We watch you from the back. We look up to you, man, because we know as sure as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, Drew McIntyre is always going to do what is right, and we respect you for it. Do you know what this means? Shut up, miss.
I think all it did was tick off Jax. Because now she's about to punish Zoe Stark with a leg drop to the back of the neck. This is an ugly position to be in if you're in a ring with the irresistible force, Nia Jax. Jax now from the second rope to the jeers of the crowd, the Annihilator crushing Zoe Stark. So Nia Jax back on Raw wrestling again. Um, got the win here over Zoe Stark. I don't know if that leads to a match in the future with Shayna Baszler, which would be strange because it looked like they were pushing Baszler, which I talked about last week, and now suddenly she's a um, she's a roadblock on the way to Rhea Ripley, an obstacle on the way to Rhea Ripley, a gatekeeper on the way to Rhea Ripley. Uh, that doesn't really make sense because she got the win over Ronda. She was getting the big push. She was getting the video packages. Now she's in a tag team with Zoe Stark. They don't finish the match because Nia squashes everybody. Uh, Zoe Stark gets squashed here. And it would make booking sense, at least from the way they're booking Nia Jax, to have Shayna Baszler go there and lose next. But it would not make sense for Shayna's trajectory unless they completely just skip that match altogether and keep them both on the same trajectory. But is Shayna a heel or a face? I don't know. Is Nia Jax a heel or a face? Well, I think she's definitely a heel. And then, as a result of that, if Nia Jax is a heel, is Rhea Ripley a heel or a face when she's in Judgment Day? So some very messy booking here um, in terms of who is what. I don't even know what Zoe Stark is. I would assume via the attack that Zoe Stark um, was babyface and Shayna, as a result of being attacked, was a babyface. And Nia is a heel. And... When Rhea Ripley comes back, she will be the babyface in this program whilst being in the heel faction, the main heel faction on Raw, the overexposed heel faction on Raw, which is the Judgment Day. So some very strange stuff. Um, it's not very clear. Um, Rhea Ripley was supposed to have a week off, but Nia Jax, surprise, surprise, legitimately injured her. The bruised ribs thing is not just what they're saying for storyline reasons. Um, so yeah, interesting stuff but also not the best booking. So this one remains to be seen. The jury remains out, but Nia Jax is Nia Jax, and she picked up the squash win here in this one. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth freaking Rollins at Fastlane. Last man standing. Uh, you got it right, Shinsuke. Only one of us is walking out of there. But it ain't gonna be you. It's gonna be a visionary. It's gonna be me. Oh, this guy is so cringeworthy. And he's out there as the face of Monday Night Raw, as the world heavyweight champion. And I keep being told that Cody finishing the story, because Cody said it, has to be him beating Roman Reigns. But this brand, in my opinion, desperately needs a new champion. Now, I understand he has his fans, and I know the core audience is engaged with Seth Rollins, but for a casual viewer, I think he would do absolutely nothing for you. The outfits are horrendous. The promos are bad. The programs are boring. Um, this 
has been as good as it could possibly be because Nakamura was in a very weakened state. Um, he returned after a layoff. We thought he was going to be pushed to the moon. He was involved in, um, in, in not very strong programs, let's be honest. He wasn't winning all of his matches, losing to the likes of Bronson Reed, going back and forth with Ricochet. That's not putting you in a position to challenge for the belt. He did have that exact heel turn that I talked about earlier that I didn't want Drew McIntyre to have. I did not want McIntyre to beat Nakamura. And there were probably big Nakamura fans um, and Japanese wrestling fans that didn't want Nakamura to be Nakamura either. But he's got a turn which was not very well done. Um, it came out of nowhere. Nakamura was not in a strong position to make it other than being Nakamura. But the Nakamura name has suffered irreparable damage. Irreparable damage over the last four years. So the Nakamura name doesn't mean what it meant when it came in in, in 2016. It doesn't even mean what it meant when you had to rebuild it as the Royal Rumble winner in 2018. And then suddenly you're going into a feud with AJ where it becomes about low blows and the match is massively under deliver. And a lot of people gave up on Nakamura back in uh, in 2018. And since then, I don't think he's been well booked. Um, the return was all based on let's put Nakamura under the uh, umbrella of Triple H and let's do it properly. Let's do this how it was supposed to be done. And it wasn't. It wasn't done. It was damaged as it was, and the repair wasn't great. So for this feud to be in any way compelling is actually a credit to Nakamura and a credit to what he could have been because the video packages with the subtitles and everything and the intensity and what Nakamura has done in ring since then has been great and probably what he should have been all along. But it's too little too late. And the dance partner here in Seth Rollins, to me, is incredible. I actually hope Nakamura wins this and comes away with the title. He won't. Um, but then, obviously, we have the um, the Damian Priest cash-in in our back pocket. I just think it's a shame that Cody can't win this belt and that they are booked into a corner by what Cody has said in needless interviews with the nonsensical, pointless, worthless wrestling media. There was no need to say any of that stuff. You should have left the door open to every option. If The Rock does WrestleMania, then Cody can't finish his story because he has to wait one more year or maybe until SummerSlam to win that belt, which they are backed into a corner for him to win. It's it's all very it's all very complicated. It's all very stupid. Um, Cody's the number one babyface on this brand. He should be carrying this belt. He should be able to go to WrestleMania and he should be able to choose Seth Rollins or Damian Priest, whoever the champion is, and win this at the end of night one and finish the story because a world heavyweight title is a world heavyweight title. According to WWE, who created this fucking thing because Roman Reigns wasn't defending it enough and we needed a champion who turned up on time to add back, who had prestige back to the world title. So these were supposed to be equal. But tell me what fucking show in history or in the future that Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns are going to both be on with these belts and Roman isn't main eventing at the expense of Seth Rollins. It will never happen. It never even happened on the night that Rollins won the belt after it was a after coming for a tournament and winning a vacant title, which is almost an automatic spot to go on last. And it was behind a tag team match that Roman Reigns was in. 
So I'm sorry, this belt is doing nothing for me. It wasn't necessary. Rollins' programs haven't caught fire. This one hasn't caught fire. And it's of no fault of Nakamura. It's at the fault of people who booked Nakamura so poorly for so many years, making him an uncredible opponent. And Seth Rollins, for me, is an uncredible champion and does not translate to the casual viewership. Not to say that Cody does. Vince Russo got a ton of shit saying that Cody doesn't translate over to a casual audience. And I somewhat agree with that. But out of the lesser of two evils, Cody is certainly the better option. He's certainly more over and he's certainly the better promo out of the two. Um, this nonsensical Rollins bad acting, this this terrible laughing, this dancing and singing and these outfits, um, they scream gay. They scream gay champion, um, which that might be for you, but it ain't for me. So um, not a fan at all. And um, yeah, that's my that's my take on Seth Rollins. And it'll be interesting to see uh, again next week if Canv is in agreement, because a lot of this stuff, well, all of this stuff is just my thoughts and it might not be our collective thoughts. I, I know Cav got a comment this week saying that he was up my ass. Cav is so far from being up my ass at all, which is one of the reasons why he's worked as a co-host on the show for eight years. Not up my ass, not remotely up my ass. And if he likes Seth Rollins and he thinks this is working, he will tell me. But we'll see and we'll find out what he says next week. So that has been my raw review. Other stuff did happen on this show. Um, the main thing I can remember and wanted to touch on was Bronson Reed beating Otis. Uh, and the prior week, he beat Chad Gable. That was confusing to me because Chad Gable came off a feud of Gunther. Um, he was um, involved in a six-man tag match where he got the win. And it does seem that was like a token gesture win. Thank you for all you've done in this program. We've not forgotten about you, but go back to the back of the line because we're now going to start pushing other people. You had your push. Goodbye. That's what it seems like. And it seems like the win at the end was just a thank you which is weird um, because that's his catchphrase, but um, just weird in general. And it looks like Champa, who bores me to death, by the way, um, he did he did, um, he did, did hit the right chord of me at one point when he was over on NXT and he was in that program with Gargano and he was a terrible heel. And I mean terrible in a good way, as in he was a horrible person, which is what a heel should be. That landed. This version of Champa on Raw, no, no no engagement at all. It doesn't work whatsoever. Doesn't resonate with me whatsoever. Doesn't seem like the live audience is involved with it. Uh, I spoke to Brad Shepard recently and he told me that the ratings had legitimately massively dropped, Massive had massively dropped when, when Charpa was on television last week. So yeah, that's not working for me either. So um, that's your raw review. That's generally what we do. If you want to get this every week, then subscribe to the paywall for all the other content, which includes SmackDown as well. It includes news pieces, it includes a bonus show from Cav, and it will include one of a Wrestling Informer show, which happens every fortnight, um, wrestling, um, sorry, superstar profiles or wrestling lists. And to get a sample of wrestling lists, once again, head over to YouTube where you can listen to wrestling lists for free right now. You can watch the show. Me and Cav are on there if you want to hear me and Cav going back and forth about the 10 greatest wrestling storylines of all time that is currently available on Wrestling List. But for me and this episode of The Dirty Sheets,
gonna be a revolutionary. It's gonna be sick.